0: On this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino, we recap OU's loss to Florida State in the Cheez-It Bowl, and then give you a quick preview of the college football playoff semifinals. Please download and subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars, and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right, our man Michael Hosty will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Friday, December 30th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and there are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including blackjack, blackjack match roulette, and Teddy's favorite craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And to learn more about their gaming promotions and entertainment options in the month of December, visit Riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Now, recording this right after the Cheez-It Bowl, we are back in the team hotel. Please leave us a five-star review and a nice comment. And the Sooners almost got it done, Ted, but uh, not quite good enough. A spirited effort. Uh, I appreciate the effort. I appreciate how that team represented the university and the program, but ultimately, it kind of felt like the season just all summed up in one game just a lot of good things a lot of bad things and just weren't able to get the win
1: yeah it was frustrating you know i thought a lot of the young guys actually ended up playing really well um you know the two running backs came in performed uh just awesome i know saw had the fumble late that was you know really costly but you know, you have to just kind of credit Florida State. They made some plays there. And That guy came up, put a big shot on the forearm and opened up the, you know, the for the ball to come out. They played good offensive line. I mean, given the circumstances and the opponent, thought they did some really good things. And, you know, I thought defense did, did some good things at times. But yet again, we find ourselves whenever it's critical and we have to not, not being able to play complimentary football.
0: Yeah, let's – but before we kind of go by each side of the ball like we normally do, the crowd – it was a road game for OU, uh, essentially, and credit to yep. Florida State's fan base. They showed out uh, 62,000 was the announced attendance and maybe 5,000 OU fans. Maybe that's being generous, but – so it essentially turned into a road game for Oklahoma. And I thought that they handled the environment well, and it was actually kind of fun. I know it was unfortunate that, you know, our all our mater was having to play in that type of environment. But as far as a bowl game environment, it was actually a pretty cool bowl game to be at. Like there, it was, it was, you know, for the caliber of bowl game that the cheese It bowl is it was as good of an atmosphere as you could ask for.
1: I mean, it was, I agree. Rarely do you see a stadium, that is that full. It, it literally a butt in every single seat of that place it was packed and it was loud and it was you know uh, all of the the circumstances thinking about like the tough travel and all of that stuff and I know Florida um, Florida states fans are coming from much closer area but fact that you got to play in a bowl game that was totally packed. That's a rarity, especially this year.
0: Yeah, it it was cool. Let's start with the defense, right? Florida State, a lot of talent offensively. I I thought as far as playing the run, you know, they gave up some big chunk runs in, in the second half. But overall, thought that that was, if you're looking for what the defense did well, thought they played the run. Pretty well, but just ultimately gave up too much in the pass game. Too too big of a cushion, too many explosive plays in the passing game for Florida State.
1: Yep. It it was uh it was frustrating. You know, there was they were killing us with some of those stop routes, but you know, it's it's tough. You know, you say quit giving such a cushion, and then you see Johnny Wilson streaking down the field, making one handed grabs on go balls and You know, it's not easy duty. I understand it. You know, it's just that's the nature of the game. And, you know, it it was tough. We didn't do a very good job getting pressure on uh, Jordan Travis. Thought way too many times we rushed past the level of the quarterback and allowed him to to either step up or get outside and either beat us with his legs or find some room that he could step up and really had good, clear vision down the field and throw the football. Um, you know, so, so we made it hard on ourselves there. You know, I, I thought we did a really good job for a big portion of the day stopping the run. I thought we were tough, thought we were physical, thought Stutzman played a, a hell of a game. He tackled, you know, maybe the best he has all year. But then we had a couple of times where we whiffed on guys. We had some missed tackles. We had an opportunity to vice tackle. I had an opportunity once to, to use the sideline as as an extra defender to make a tackle. We just gave too many free plays. And man, it I think four of the last four we've had four straight losses, I believe, by three points. And it just goes to show you like how tough it is and how tight these games are, and every single yard matters. I feel like you know sometimes on the broadcast, people may get annoyed whenever, you know, it's first down, and we get a stop for a gain of three yards And its second and seven, and I'm frustrated because we had an opportunity for a two yard tackle for loss or a no gain, and now it's second and seven. It's like though all of those things matter. Like if you want to play good, legit, you know, stuff people defense, you cannot yield free yardage anywhere and you know i thought for a good portion of the night we didn't but there was just you know one too many times that we gave them a free play with a missed tackle or a misfit and you know like we've said all year still has not changed we have no margin for error right now with this football team and you know we had even less of a margin for error given what the roster looked like whenever we kicked the ball off. But, you know, all that being said, I, I still think that there was some some really good play out there. Like I said, Stutzman, I thought he was great. Thought Bowman played well, had the interception. Um, I thought, you know, up front, Isaiah Coe was tough as nails. You know, uh, Ethan Downs made a nice play chasing down from behind. You know, there was some, there was good stuff happening out there, but unfortunately just you know a handful of plays ended up being the difference
0: yeah and I think you know when when they look back on this game defensively they're just going to be frustrated about how they played in the fourth quarter right yeah I mean you mentioned there are some stretches of really good play but and and this has been a, a bit of a theme right when when this defense needed to get a stop right they just they couldn't get a stop. You look at Florida State's last three drives, especially the two touchdown drives before the final drive of the game to kick the game winning or what eventually was the game-winning field goal, it was just too easy. That that was that's something they're gonna look back on and and be disappointed. Just two drives, what, just over two minutes, just right down the field, very little resistance, and they punched it in when, when they went when the Sooners needed a stop. And then, you know, when you had to get a stop to prevent them from kicking the field goal, they just they weren't able to to keep them out of field goal range and it's just kind of been the theme, man, uh, both sides of the ball, you know, throughout the season it felt like, you know, when you had to have some things offensively just didn't get them. And when you had to have some stops defensively didn't get them. And certainly the fourth quarter of the cheese at bowl uh, it's exactly what happened.
1: Yep. No, nope, I agree. Um, you know, and credit them. I thought, I thought Florida State did some really good things. Johnny Wilson had himself a game. Uh, that was a hell stud. of a catch, man. Whew. Yep, hell of a catch. He he went up and got that other one that I thought was an overthrow. You know, he's six seven. He just leaps up in the air and pulls that sucker down from ten or eleven feet. Um, size matters, man. When you have guys of that size and and that athleticism, you know that that he was a difference maker for sure.
0: I, I really thought, as a whole, that OU's defensive line held up well at the point of attack. I thought main the main issues when it came to tackling was you know we we're second level third level type situations, guys unblocked, yeah. they're free to make plays and really struggled at points in time to tackle in space at, at linebacker, uh, that, at Cheetah and at safety, uh, just uh, too, un- unfortunately, just too many missed tackles in this one. And that led to some of those explosive plays that were so big in those fourth quarter drives for the Noles.
1: Yeah. Yep. And, you know, that's that, like you said, it's, we could, Hit repeat on pretty much every game that we've had down the stretch, especially, you know, all the tight ones, stretches of good play and then stretches of, you know, teams going right through us. And I, for whatever reason, we still have this PTSD or something that whenever we give up something that something happens easily, we just fall apart. And I don't know if it's a lack of trust or, or how you, how you put your finger on that, but. It's, it's become apparent that, you know, we'll play good, tough football, and then as soon as something happens, it's just like, oh, my gosh, and, you know, it just unravels. But that's going to be the theme moving forward. Like, whenever this team goes back, these coaches go back and evaluate this season, and I know they already have, but um, the thing that's going to stick out is way too many layups missed, and, that, and mainly that's tackling. And, you know, some of that comes down to – You know, mental mistakes, not lined up properly, not understanding what your responsibility is and results in in a missed tackle and misplay. But, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff like, again, credit Florida State, but we should have won that game. We had plenty of opportunities to win that game.
0: Yeah. That that was as we were coming back on the bus and I was kind of just recapping everything in my head and looking at the stats and looking at the drive recaps. It, and I get it. And I understand that there's a lot of OU fans that thought that they were gonna get their ass kicked. Right. And and I'm not sure I didn't think that too. Going to the game. I I was I think we were very clear like we really? didn't know what was gonna happen, right? It was kind of a mystery especially with some of the players that the Sooners were going to miss but like i'm i'm proud of the way that that team played like as an alum you know as a, as part of the radio broadcast like i thought that they represented OU extremely well they played their asses off but you're right man they they missed opportunities to win that football game their florida state i mean everyone that watched that game florida state was not much better, if better at all, than the team yeah. that Oklahoma trotted I- out there. And I, I look at that first half, and I know we'll talk about the offense, but some serious missed opportunities to create some separation early in that game when the defense got some big time stops on some fourth downs. And you know when you do when you're not able to capitalize on those situations offensively it come back it comes back and bites you and i thought i thought that was huge in this game but i'm with you man they should have they should have won the game but how many times have we said that this season it's like they've just they found a lot of ways to lose
1: yep and you know that's it's frustrating again I, it's i hate that for those guys that they they put a lot into it and, and you know it's just these are hard lessons, and you know I said this at the end of the broadcast with Toby. I like, never would I have uh, thought that this was going to be the result of the season to be six and seven, and never would I have said preseason that it would be okay to go six and seven. And I'm not saying it's okay now, but I do believe that this is end going to end up being. A positive for this group moving forward and for the program as a whole. I think that, you know, sometimes a harsh reality and exposing some of the things that have been festering is ultimately what you need to weed it out to strip it all back and correct it. So um, I know a lot of people are pissed off and that's good. You need a fan base that's pissed off about it. And I'm not happy about it either, but I do think, in the long run, and it's not necessarily even the long run. I think immediately, this is going to uh, foster a bunch of change, uh, players, coaches, administration, all of the above. So I don't think it's I don't think it's a, a total loss of a season.
0: I I agree, right? And hopefully here in the near future we look at this season going they had to go through that to get to wherever this program is headed but mm-hmm. dude i can't take another one of these seasons they got to fix this stuff <laughs> man they got to fix it. this stuff
1: man <laughs> uh, we know. can't
0: we can't do podcasts we can't do seven podcasts after they lose games next year i just i can't i'm not i'm not built for it i'm too used to winning man i'm spoiled i i just we need him to fix it this offseason, please for the love of God, for the sake of our listeners and for our well-being. Please correct the mis- <laughs> mistakes.
1: This put some this put some years on me. All right, this yeah. uh this last what, 5 months or so has uh has aged this old man for sure. Yeah. All
0: right, you got anything else about the defense? Uh
1: no, I just will say quickly that I saw a lot of growth from a lot of young players and I do believe not just because that I think, you know, we're going to be adding some guys through the transfer portal and, and and maybe have a, a, a guy or two from the recruiting class that chips in, but a lot of young players on this team made some excellent strides this year. There's not a doubt in my mind that we're going to not just be better next year defensively, but be vastly better.
0: I'm with you. All right. Let's talk about the offense. But first, the only place to stop when you're road tripping is Love's Travel Stops. Love's has over 600 locations in 41 states, offering 24-hour access to clean and safe places. Whatever your road trip needs are, Love's has it. Fuel, fresh food, all the snacks and drinks, including, yes, my favorite, Java. That coffee is fantastic. Love's also has you covered if you forget your phone charger or headphones. They've expanded their mobile-to-go zone so you can grab any of that stuff there. Make sure you download the Loves Connect app for exclusive offers from today's most popular brands. The Loves Connect app also includes a route planner and store locator. When you see that red neon heart on the highway, stop in and say hi at Loves Travel Stops. For a full list of what Loves has to offer, visit loves.com.
1: Opolis Clothing is the exclusive home for all of our Oklahoma breakdown merchandise. If you want to live your life in buttery soft comfort, go to opolisclothing.com. That's O-P-O-L-I-S, clothing.com. Use promo code TED, T-E-D, for 10% off your entire order. You still get a discount on all of the OU and OKC Thunder gear as well. That's opolisclothing.com. Use promo code TED for 10% off. Buttery soft and 10% off.
0: In Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School represents a tradition of educational excellence in Oklahoma City, grounded in a faith-based education. Students prepare to meet their potential with a individualized academic path that strives for success. Bishop McGinnis's, or excuse me, they offer a college prep curriculum that includes twenty two AP courses participation in OSSAA athletics, where they've won over a hundred state championships and numerous clubs and organizations for students to join and grow. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic high school or visit bmchs.org. Remember financial aid is available. Let's get this out of the way. They faked a lot of injuries and it was bullshit and it changed the flow of the game. And I, it's not the official's fault. They can't do anything about it. But something's got to be done about that shit, man. It was, it was so annoying. And it's like, guys, come on. Have some damn pride. Like, how many times did they lay down?
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, it's bad. It's, it's, um. Now, except for I,
0: that lineman that shattered his leg on the last drive. Yeah. He was very much hurt. And that was actually a pretty cool yeah. moment all those guys coming out to the cart. That was cool. That was cool.
1: It was and listen, we we understand that guys are going to get hurt in this game. It happens, right? And you know, I I we we stop the game, we'll take as much time as we need to whenever a guy's hurt, but And I know everyone does it, but the problem, the reason everyone does it is because everyone does it to them and it just feeds, it's a race to the bottom to see who can do whatever they have to do in order to try and win a football game. Just get rid of the rule. Like If a guy comes out of a game because of an injury, he can't come back in at least for that series and maybe even the next series, right? there's there's supposed to be listen i'm not trying to sit here and act like some super intense tough guy but there's supposed to be a part of this game that you know you stand there toe to toe and you know you you just don't you don't try one up each other with these stupid little use the rules against each other i i, I don't know yeah. i just i don't like it it's stupid i if a coach came to me and told me to lay down on the field and and have them blow the whistle and stop the timeout and get me off the field, i tell him to go fuck himself. That's just what I would say. I don't lay on the football field. That's not what I do. That's not what this game is about. That's not what the people before me did in this game. It's bullshit should be eliminated from the game totally. And the way you eliminate it is when someone asks you to do it, you say, no, get some other chicken shit to do it. That's not how I play football.
0: And now we've said something about that because I know I know a lot of OU fans were frustrated with that. So, but let's move on to what we saw from OU's offense. I'll give Dylan Gabriel some credit, man. I thought he played really well. All things considered, uh that O line that was you know protecting him or <laughs> not protecting him a lot of the time. <laughs> I thought he did a really nice job in the passing game, I I know other than the one play where he's moving and just kind of drops the ball, but you, you end up taking the loss on that, but you get it back. Thought he used his legs. Well, thought he played really tough. It was not an ideal set of circumstances for Dylan Gabriel in this football game. I thought the dude battled. I, I really liked
1: what I saw from him. There's no doubt about it, man. you have to realize what it's like to play quarterback and know that you've got at least four dudes from the other team that are really good coming at you trying to break you in half and you got four new starters out there i right? you have to trust that group and keep your eyes downfield and go through your reads go through your progressions you know move manipulate the pocket that's not easy to do. And I thought he trusted those guys and did some dang good things whenever he was there. And they get, when they gave him time, typically he made it count and he was able to deliver the ball downfield and, and complete some. He did a couple of really nice things where, you know, sometimes the timing was a little off. One of them, you know, that deep ball to Mims, you know, whenever he couldn't get it off and it was underthrown is because of a bad snap. And, you know, that threw the timing off and you know, some of those things happened to him out there, but, man, he battled. It was a tough effort from him. All in all, I got no complaints without Dylan Gabriel playing.
0: Yeah, and you look at the running backs, and I know a lot of people are excited, and you should be, about what we saw from Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuk. Those are the two – the The first time since 1985 is what Mike Halk told me. First time that two freshmen have rushed for 100 yards – in the same game at Oklahoma since 1985, and it's Ooh. it's frustrating because I mean if you would have told Oklahoma staff, hey, you're going to run for 253 yards against Florida State, I mean, like yeah, we win the game. <laughs> I mean, we win the game. So it was it was really exciting watching those two guys do their thing. Now, clearly, Sawchuk the fumble. That's that's gonna stay with him, right? That's that's gonna hurt uh to, to play as well as he did, but to have you know such a such a large, impactful mistake in the game, that's unfortunate. But man, I like the combo of them. Barnes is just like punishing yeah. people and then Sawchuk just like speed. And I I really was impressed with his vision. He cut some things back where I was like, damn, how do you even see that? It was it was exciting watching the
1: two guys, two young guys tilt the rock. Yeah. I agree. And we were laughing on the broadcast because late in that game, those Florida State secondary players were turning it down. They didn't want to have any more of it. Uh 'cause because of how tough and physical they were running. I thought it was great. Yeah, I Gabe, I think that is like the fourth or fifth loss this year where we've run for more yards than the opponent which is rare and i think we didn't win it tonight but which i guess you could say we did win the turnover battle if you want to uh, factor in fourth downs but we've multiple losses this year rushing for more yards and winning the turnover battle that's rare
0: that's it's hard to do but it's kind of kind of the story of the season just found all kinds of different ways Yep. to lose football games. Uh, wide receiver-wise, I I thought Marvin Mims, that was a hell of a play down the sideline. You mentioned the one that would have been, I think it would have been a touchdown early in the game, but uh, just weren't able to connect on that. Uh, Farouk had the nice touchdown catch. That was a hell of a ball from DG drilling it in there yep. on that one. And then really, other than Drake Stoops catching a couple things, like, the passing game, there just wasn't a ton there in the vertical passing game because I don't think Lebby felt very good about the protection holding up and then being able to push it down the field. And I don't blame him, right? I mean, those guys tried their damn best, uh, but there just wasn't, especially in the second half, there just wasn't a ton of consistent pass protection. And they kind of leaned on the running game because it was, it was so effective. So there just wasn't a ton overall from the wide receiver group.
1: No, nope, there wasn't. Um, you know, they, they they ran the ball sixty times and threw it what twenty four, I think is is what the total number was there at the end. And yeah, and you know the some of the protection stuff, and it, it wasn't necessarily all offensive line. Like our backs were getting. They're they're getting handed to them a couple of times there in protection. They so, they look
0: they looked like a couple of true freshman running backs trying to <laughs> pass protect. That's exactly what it looked like, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough duty, man. You go cut that dude in half next time, I guess. But you know, I, yeah the uh, the passing game they may do with what they had. Um, I thought they schemed some really nice things. They hit on some really nice things, but you know, when it came down to it, you know, it, it's kind of like what's happened all year. We've been We've been limited for one reason or another. And it it's it it feels like Levy has rarely had a full deck of cards to play with.
0: Yeah. Tight ends, Braden Willis, that play was awesome. That that play was his season in a nutshell, man. Him catching that in the middle of the field and dragging dudes down the field and just Flexing when he got up, I that's one of my favorite plays of the season. Just because I it, I was so happy for him because he deserved that with with the way that he's played and carried himself, and also, and I know people probably don't pay a ton of attention to some of the collisions that he has on those split zone or that insert zone play. Him and Jared Verse swapped some paint in this football game, and it was fun to watch. But I, I hate it that Braden won able to go out with the win but what a tremendous season for him and I thought he played another really nice game
1: great game a bunch of tough catches contested catches the two-point conversion um and you know some blocking excellent stuff out on the edge reaching some guys on some of those perimeter plays you talked about the between the tackle stuff what a year Awesome. That dude's going to make a roster somewhere and he's going to turn into a hell of a pro.
0: Yeah. Okay. The offensive line and and really without the ability to go back and watch it as closely as I normally do, just probably address it kind of as the group. Right. And listen, this, these were a bunch of guys that were getting significant snaps for the first time. Right. And I felt so awful for Jacob Sexton uh, to have that knee injury early in the game. And I'm not sure if something happened maybe in pregame and it was bugging him and then he went out there. I, d- I don't know what that was, but that leg, that knee completely gave out on him. And I'm not sure how serious it looked, but I'll just say this. He was a, he was walking an awful lot the like the way that I was walking after I blew my knee out. I, I don't know how bad it is, but I, I'm a little concerned that you know, he's he's gonna have a long rehab in front of him, but I know he had penalties. I know he made some mistakes. I know he had a hold that got a touchdown called back. I understand, but I cannot I can't describe how excited I am for the future of Savion Bird. I mean, oh, you talk about physicality, passion pushing the boundaries, the limits, like he was so fun to watch Ted. Yeah. He, he made some mistakes. He had some, he had some really bad plays mixed in there, but I just, it was fun watching that young guy go out there and play the way that he plays. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't close, but man, he had some, he had some moments that had me and you just have, we were having a ball on the broadcast.
1: It was awesome, man. And, you know, I, I bet he had a lot of fun out there, right? The way that he was playing and cutting it loose, especially early that first half. And sometimes it's just a game like that to get out there, have a little bit of, of success to realize I can't do it. And, and it, it just lights that fuse where a guy wants to really dig into the craft uh, make sure he understands all of it and off you go and hopefully that's the little boost that he needed to to start to you know really want to get a grasp on the offense mentally because physically it's clear that dude's got it yeah he's got punch he's got attitude he's got more nasty than you would ever want in a player uh it's just the mental part of it and hopefully this is is what really you know motivates him to take that next step
0: yeah i I saw him, you know, outside of the locker room after the game. I said, "Hey, man, now you know you can do it. it you have no excuse. Now you know you can do it. You have no excuse not to be great. Now, got none. So figure it out, <laughs> because he can. He can be really, really good. Uh, Conchel did what Conchel does, man. He played consistent football. Yeah, a snap issue here or there, which has been an unfortunate theme, but." I really thought he battled in the interior, right? We we talked about how how solid we thought Florida State's interior defensive line was, and really not a ton of negative plays in this game. I thought for the most part, Conjul, uh, Bird, and Matoya. I thought I really liked the way that Matoya looked at right guard as well. I thought the interior played nice. It was it was the tackles that that had some issues. Now I'll say this about Aaron Parks. He's their fifth tackle, right? For a fifth tackle in a college football program, thought he played about as well as you could think he was going to play. I I really, I really did. You know, thinking that Sexton was going to be the guy and then getting thrown out there. Thought he held up decently. Uh Guyton as well. He continues to have some flashes of play where you're just like, oh my gosh, this guy can be special. And then, yeah, he got his ass kicked a couple plays. I mean there's no other way to say it but overall all things considered all the different pieces along the offensive line you know was it good enough no no it wasn't but I'd be lying to you if I said it one better than I thought it was going to be man <laughs> especially in the run yeah, game
1: I agree I agree yeah that's you take a you take a group out there with you know four non-starters, and you run the ball for 250 yards against a, a top, what, 15 defense in the country, that's pretty daggum good. Um, yeah, there's some stuff that they got to get better, but, you know, that's one of the reasons we, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people thought we were going to go out there and get our asses handed to us, and, you know, for big chunks of that football game, they were taking the fight to Florida State's defensive line like they were winning the battle so uh, I was I was proud of those guys and leaves me excited for the future you know yeah. I, I was worried I was like man what, I don't know what's going to happen next year losing losing a bunch of guys but that makes you feel like we've got we've got some really solid pieces to work with
0: yeah I I think that you know it it's got to get better they got to develop more depth in that offensive line room but the way that Savion Bird looked, the way that Tyler Guyton has looked at times this season, um, there's some things to be really excited about. And uh, Bill Bedenboe is a damn good coach. So we'll see what that looks like moving forward. But there's there's one thing I think we can all agree upon. Those guys played their asses off and made a lot of mistakes. But you cannot question the effort. I thought, I thought they played really, really hard. And it was it was fun to watch, man. Okay, this is a question. Did I send you the rundown that has the birthday shout-outs in it? Yes. Okay. You ready to rock? Let's do it. Happy fourth birthday to Baker Aaron Look. Happy
1: 12th birthday to Jake Buckner. Happy 10th birthday to Teddy
0: Cash Austin.
1: Happy 12th birthday to
0: Bose Lane. Happy 16th birthday to Jackson and Sydney Wakaqua. Happy 18th birthday to Deacon Woody. Happy 21st birthday to Blair Gibson. Happy 25th birthday to Grady Kane. Happy 30th birthday to Jason Brown Jr.
1: Happy 52nd birthday to Mark Alverson. Happy 63rd birthday to Kathy Goodman. Happy birthday to Jonathan Hovey. Happy birthday to Cindy Bianchi. And happy retirement to Gina
0: Howard. So we have a college football podcast. So I think we are obligated by law to talk about the college football playoff semifinals matchup. So we're going to do a quick little preview, and then we're going to go drink some alcohol and eat some food because I don't think we've eaten in like 12 hours.
1: But first, (laughs) it's football time in Oklahoma, people. There's nothing better to drink at the tailgate than Clubby Seltzers. Clubby Seltzers is an Oklahoma company that's already winning national awards because their product is delicious. It tastes exactly like a club special, but it's a seltzer. They're not just for the tailgate either. They're perfect to drink on the golf course, by the pool, after mowing the lawn, whatever. If you haven't tried Clubby's yet, go grab some. You won't regret it. Clubby's first variety pack is out. They got some new flavors in there. They got a new can. To find a place near you that has Clubby's, visit clubbyseltters.com.
0: And attention, business owners. You need Insurica in your life. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best in class businesses win by avoiding a loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client and you should be too. If your business wants to be best in class, connect with Insurica at Insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A.com. All right, let's tackle the old Fiesta Bowl first. TCU. Michigan, Michigan's currently a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Ted, you giving the Horn Frogs a chance? What do you think?
1: Absolutely, I give them a chance. I think that what TCU has offensively at the skill positions and team that up with a, a quarterback that could do what Max Duggan can do with his legs, it equals an offense that Michigan – has not seen this year. And I know Ohio State has, you know, an excellent quarterback and, you know, an unbelievable group of wide receivers. But I think TCU's is better. And you throw a quarterback that can scramble in there uh, and the one-two punch that they have at running back, I think that the, this offense is is something special. Now, the question is, how many opportunities are they going to get? You know, Michigan... The way they play football, I think they're going to line up and just try to run it right over the top of TCU, slow the game down, uh, you know, try to limit the amount of possessions that TCU's offense gets. But, you know, if they can, they can do some things and stop the run a little bit. You know, I know that's the same, same thing that Ohio State tried to do, pile the box, force them to beat you through the air. And, and in that game, they were able to, you know, I, I think that. I think the TCU is going to really give themselves a chance.
0: Yeah, and we're not really going to know if TCU's defensive line can hold up against that Michigan offensive line until this thing gets played, right? I mean, we're not going to know it until it gets played, and if they can do that, I think this is going to be a great football game. One interesting matchup along the line of scrimmage in this one. Dom Williams, that freshman, nose tackle, for TCU, who you and I both agree is going to be a hell of a football player. He's a true freshman. and He's going against arguably the best offensive lineman in the entire country. Right. Ola Wittimi, the center from Michigan. He won the Remington and he won the Outland. The dude is a baller. So you got a true he's the best freshman
1: football player in the country.
0: Yeah. I mean, he is, he is legit, legit. So that's going to be a fun matchup. I, this is something I've been thinking about, like, and, and I know JJ McCarthy is, is more talented, probably Uh, most people would say he's more talented than Max Duggan, but I feel like TCU has a QB advantage going into this game. Like, I feel like Duggan's not going to flinch no matter what, like he's seen every possible situation. Like he's going to be ultra confident. I don't. I just feel really good about Max Duggan coming into the game. Now, maybe McCarthy comes out and really plays well, and he's slinging it all over the place, and he's using his leg. Maybe that happened, but I kind of feel like the Horn Frogs have a QB advantage in this game. They certainly have an experience advantage.
1: Yeah, I, I, think, they, I think they definitely have a, a QB advantage. Um, you know, not to say that that gives TCU like the overwhelming uh, chance to win the football game. I mean, I, I think it's going to be incredibly tight, not exactly sure how it unfolds, but I think Max Duggan definitely is the edge at quarterback and maybe not even edge. Like I think he may be, at least in my opinion, a a big step ahead at quarterback, you know, but there's other places where Michigan is going to make up for some of that. Um, you know, I I think TCU is going to be able to score a whole bunch of points, but I think Michigan is too, and I just don't know how many opportunities TCU is going to get at it. Like that's that's the one thing is, I feel I feel way better that Michigan's defense is going to find a way to settle in and get stops. Like, I'm not I'm I'm not sure about TCU's. Now their defense won them some football games this year but they didn't win them football games against a a team like Michigan that can run it like Michigan can, that has an offensive line like Michigan does. So that's the real thing for me is, like I think TCU's offense is going to be just fine, but I don't know how many chances they're going to get, and I don't know how their defense is going to hold up.
0: I'm more intrigued by how TCU's defense holds up, and this is why. Michigan's got a hell of an offensive line, right? McCarthy can add in the running game. Donovan Edwards is a very talented back. They don't see this defense much nope. in the big 10. They don't see the three, three five and the way that the different guys can be the fitters and different spot, like and where things are coming from. And it's, it's weird. Like it, it changes the way you have to run the football and it's just, it's odd to play against. And if you're not used to playing against it, then it can be can be a little weird. Like you can prepare for it in practice, but those guys are never going to run it as well as as you're going to see it on, on game day. And I I'm just interested to see if we see Michigan's offense look out of sorts at all in the running game, trying to block a scheme that they rarely see in the Big Ten. So I yeah, I don't know. And and this is also one interesting thing. Michigan, and credit to them for House and Ohio State in the fourth quarter of the way that they have. But Michigan has not felt the pressure of a game that's come down to the last couple drives. And I feel like that's just what TCU, like that that has been their entire existence this season. So if it gets into one of those situations where it's tight, like TCU is going to be comfortable. <laughs> that's They've done that a lot. They've come back from behind a lot. Michigan hasn't done that. They just haven't had to. So I, I don't know. Pressure's a hell of a thing,
1: man. It is. TCU has played in incredibly tight, low-scoring games. They've played in tight, high-scoring games. They've played in overtime games. Uh, they've seen the gamut, right? They've, they've seen the entire show. So, yeah, and... Here's the other thing, man, is is sometimes like experience matters. Michigan has been to the playoff. There's a lot that comes with this playoff. It's a you know, it's a circus, right? And I think there's an advantage of having been there before, but sometimes there's an advantage of not having been there before. And it's just your year. And everyone believes that it's your year, and everyone believes that you you like great things are gonna happen. So I don't know. It's uh, I think it's by far the better matchup of the two.
0: Yeah. I. Uh, explosive plays are going to be huge. They were huge for Michigan in that win over Ohio, Ohio State. They've been huge for TCU offensively all season long with that passing game and with what Kendra Miller has done for them on the ground. But I'm going to pick Michigan to win the game. I will say, I don't feel great about it though i know that's your line but i don't <laughs> i i don't feel great about it i just i in these matchups i tend to tend to lean on the team that i think has the better offensive line and i just that's michigan so i'm I'm gonna pick the wolverines to win it but i think it's gonna be a good game man
1: yeah i think uh i'm gonna take tcu to win at 41 38 throwing out a
0: score and everything i love it Look at you. TCU is better than a lot of people realize. Um, I'm hoping – I I really hope they play well. I really hope it's a great game. Uh, that'd be great for TCU, good for the Big 12 Conference and all that stuff. So I just want to be entertained ultimately. All right, let's – kind of the same. Let's talk a little Peach Bowl,
1: but first – First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma with tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs, checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more. They do it all, whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone. Everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier. First Fidelity Bank provides free ATMs worldwide, making banking convenient wherever you are. They also give back to the community. FFB donates a total of more than $500,000 to local charities and educational foundations. Make your life easier and go bank with First Fidelity Bank. Visit FFB.com for more information.
0: And if you are a whiskey or bourbon drinker, stop what you're doing. Head to your favorite liquor store and buy some Balcones products. you got to grab some of Balcones Lineage Single Malt Whiskey. It was voted one of the top 20 whiskeys in the world by Whiskey Advocate. And you'll be shocked by how affordable it is. Also, you got to snag some of Balcony's Baby Blue Corn Whiskey. It's made for blue corn. That's the fancy corn. And that is why it has won more than 25 awards. Last but certainly not least, you got to grab some of Balcony's Pot Still Bourbon. Its big flavors make it the perfect bourbon to drink year-round. Remember, Balcony's single malt won the best in glass competition back in 2012, beating brands like Johnny Walker and McAllen. This stuff is the real deal, people. If you love great whiskey and bourbon at a great price, then Balcony's products are the only way to go. The whiskey may be made in Texas, but the owners are from Oklahoma. To find a liquor store that has it, visit Balcony's distilling.com. Peach Bowl, Ohio State, Georgia. Georgia is currently a six and a half point favorite. I just feel like Georgia's a more talented, more physical version of Michigan. right? I I know Ohio State's got a ton of talent, but, Ted, I'm just going to have to see them hold up at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball before I believe it. I just – I question the mentality in that program. I question their confidence after what Michigan was able to do to them on their own field in that fourth quarter. I know that they have nothing to lose. I understand that. I just think Georgia's better than them. Man, I think they're more physical, more talented, man for man. So give me the dogs. You can talk me out of it if you got something, but I feel like we're on the same page here.
1: I, I'm i not even going to try and talk you out of it. I'm taking Georgia. Um, I think all the things you said, I agree with. Ohio State, they got it handed to them in their last football game against Michigan in their own stadium shut up A 100,000 people there watching it. And I just don't believe that they're a very confident team going in to play against a team like Georgia, who, I mean, you said it's just like this is just like a better version of Michigan, and I agree with that. And it's not like Ohio State doesn't know that too. So, like, I, I do question the confidence of the team and they're going to show up, they're going to do their thing and it's going to look like they're super confident, but I think deep down, there's some, there's some really, there's some questions going on. there, uh focused on themselves right now.
0: And this is going to sound stupid coming out, but I, I believe it. Like coming into this game, one team's got a quarterback that's going to be a top five top 10 pick. And one team has a guy that's gonna be, you know, maybe a sixth or seventh round pick. I feel better about Stetson Bennett at a quarterback coming into this game. I just think that dude is playing with an incredible amount of confidence. He knows exactly what he's supposed to do in that offense. He he can use his legs. He's way more mobile than people realize. And he's been there, man. Like it, I, I feel like he sees it clearly. He feels he's feeling great about everything. Like I I would too if I had that much talent around me. But I don't, I just I feel better about Stetson Bennett than I do about CJ Stroud in this game. But I there's no doubt. Ohio State's got a ton of talent, man, especially offensively. There's no doubt. But I just think Ohio State's gonna struggle to get that run game going much. I know Mayan Williams, I like him as a back, but I just think Georgia's defensive line is going to control things against Ohio State's offensive line. And Stetson, man, our boy Stetson, look
1: how far he's come. I know. He's – we were laughing whenever he first took over for Georgia, and look who's laughing now. Dude got a national championship. Uh, He's been overlooked ever since he's taken over that job. And it's still overlooked right now. I mean, there's most people are going to be talking about C.J. Stroud in this game, but I agree with you. The dude performs. um, His numbers aren't going to blow you away whenever you look at it overall throughout the season. But here's the thing. He doesn't have to have huge numbers. Georgia is not chasing, like, some offensive-minded football teams like Ohio State and some others like they're chasing statistics for their quarterbacks, right? That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to gain, gain some clout and gain some, uh, whether recruiting advantage or whatever it is by having their offensive players go out and win big time awards. And, you know, maybe Georgia will get into that at some point, but right now they're trying to win championships and that is a defensive team and they play to that. So, Stetson Bennett is not going to blow you away with anything statistically because that's not what they're trying to do. So, yeah, I this would be I would be. I, I don't, Georgia has to play a bad game and turn the football over a bunch for them to lose it. In my opinion,
0: yeah i I think Ohio State's wide receivers like they just they got to make a bunch of big plays,
1: uh, and and they got the time to do it.
0: Yeah, they can do it, uh, but they got to make some big plays. I don't think Georgia is going to come in with the same strategy we saw from, from Michigan. Uh, I we will see, but one other thing, that crowd in Atlanta, it's going to be like what the Sooners just went through here at the Cheeser bowl. That thing is going to be pro dogs. So uh, I'm sure they'll have the silent count ready, but yeah, I like, I like Georgia. I think I like Georgia big too. Like I, I, I think they just think they punch them right
1: in the face. If if Georgia, let's say they score a couple of early touchdowns and Ohio State's a little out of sync on offense, and maybe Georgia goes up 14-0, look out, buddy. Uh look out for something like an avalanche of points and and turnovers and all kinds of things to to kind of pour in on Ohio State. But, you know, they've they've got a really talented team. They've they've got some good coaches. They'll have a chance, but I just I don't know. It's going to have, everything's going to have to go perfect for him.
0: Yep. I'm with you. All right. There's our, uh, obligated by law, uh, college football playoff preview people. I'm not going to lie. A new episode's coming soon. I'm not entirely sure when we're, (laughs) uh, we're gonna go drink a lot of beverages, um, and hopefully find some food. Uh, we love you guys. Thank you for listening all season. Uh, we will, We'll keep it rolling. There's no off season, baby. So we'll we'll keep it rolling. It was fun though on this trip. So many of the players' look, parents listened to the podcast. I had no idea. It's kind of scary. Yeah, kind of a little <laughs> bit. Yeah, be careful. I had one dad come up. Dude, you are way bigger than you look on YouTube. I was like, thank you. I think. <laughs> yeah, but all kinds of the players' parents saying how much they enjoy it. It was it's great, but. I wish they would have won. Damn it. I'm tired of losing, but the new episode comes when it comes people. It'll be sometime during the week. I I don't know until next time. We appreciate y'all <laughs> for listening. Do what you always do. Oklahoma. Take care of each other.
1: Just one.